Y'all, QuiltCon is tomorrow. And we are very excited about it. We are on the road to QuiltCon. We are on the Amtrak heading south on the Crescent to arrive in Atlanta around 8.30 this morning, which is Wednesday, February 22nd. We'll head to Melanated Fabrics and we'll be there from 10 a.m. to noon. Then we'll head back to the convention center to drop off the projects and on and on and on. There is a lot to be done. And if you want to get in on this excitement, here's a few ways you can do that. First, we have some So Black merch. You can go to the blackwomenstitch.org website and on the very front page, you can see a button. It'll say merch and it'll take you to the blackwomenstitch.bigcartel site. Next, you can follow Black Women Stitch on Instagram and on TikTok. We are going to try to go live as much as we can and that is where we will do it. TikTok primarily. So follow Black Women Stitch on TikTok so you can keep up with the road to quilt con and just some fun times and finally join the black women stitch patreon at the 15 dollars level or higher to get video messages between me and you at quilt con and if you're going to quilt con download the app it's a great way to navigate the conference and to find people the so black giveaway is on. You know how much I love my little Burnett 33, my favorite travel sewing machine? Well, now is your chance to win one yourself. Go to blackwomenstitch.org and click on the cover image that says So Black Giveaway, and it'll take you to the giveaway page that has lots of options for ways that you can enter to win this little machine. And you know how giveaways work sometimes. People hear about a giveaway, they say, oh, you got this prize, we'll give you this prize. And that's exactly what's happened with this giveaway. We've got new prizes from Geraldine Wilkins, Sarah Bond, and more. You never know what you're going to win in this giveaway, but you know for sure you could absolutely win a Burnett 33. Go on over to blackwomenstitch.org and we'll help you get your stitch together. Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am your host, Lisa Woolfork. And as I say every week, this is a very special episode because we are speaking today with none other than the living water quilter, Geraldine Wilkins, who is joining us fresh, getting ready to start QuiltCon this very week. And if you are coming to QuiltCon, we hope very much to see you. And you will have opportunities to take a variety of things with Geraldine, because as I said, they need to call that QuiltCon Geraldine Wilkins's QuiltCon, because our good friend here is teaching throughout this amazing, amazing event. Geraldine, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited about having an opportunity to spend time with the ladies at QuiltCon. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a blast. And I just want y'all to be clear that when I say that this is like Geraldine Wilkins' QuiltCons or QuiltCon by Geraldine Wilkins, I want us to think about Geraldine and all that she does. Like, have you ever met somebody that's like really good at everything? I mean, besides me. 
besides me. I think that another person is Geraldine because, listen, I'm going to show you all an image here of what her specialties are, okay? Now, my specialties are, I don't know, I'm good at making cakes. I can sew very well. I'm really funny. And I think I'm a smart, nice person. So those are my specialties. Geraldine's specialties, however, are live streaming host, inspirational and informative speaker, free motion and ruler quilting educator. I think that's important because free motion and ruler quilting seem to me so diametrically opposite. Those are two separate skills with two different outcomes and she can teach both. That's amazing. She's a course creator. She's a YouTuber. She's Amazon live streamer and a brand ambassador. Not just for one brand, not just for two brands, but for quite a few, including Bernina, which, as y'all know, are supporting the So Black space at QuiltCon with Black Women's Stitch this year. And Bernina is also a supporter of the Road to QuiltCon, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, where we are taking the train from Washington, D.C. to Atlanta overnight. So Bernina is in the house, and I'm really glad to have a Bernina ambassador to close out our episodes on the Road to QuiltCon today. So thank you so much. Now, how did you get here? Because all the things you've listed in your specialties don't actually include the fact that you have a Pulitzer Prize. I think that's something that's worth talking about because that's a really big deal. So you were a photojournalist? Yes, that's right. I had an amazing career at the Los Angeles Times, 11 years. And part of that journey included a collaborative Pulitzer Prize win. Our team won for the earthquake, the Northridge earthquake, the news coverage. I was part of the team that covered that tragic event. And is there anything that you might recall from your days as a photojournalist of what it meant to kind of look at an image and tell a story? Do you ever see that in some ways making sense for quilts? Are there any ways that you might try to tell a story? Because photojournalism is really telling a story with pictures. Is similarly, quilts might be seen the same way. Do you find any interesting connections or overlaps between those two things? Well, for my personal journey, the overlap certainly is the creative aspect, the color that tells a story, the story of making a quilt specifically for someone or an organization, how that impacts them. The two of them kind of go together. Major part of my time at the Los Angeles Times is that I spent time with families, with individuals to tell bigger, deeper, and broader stories that related not just on local level, but related on a national level. And my experience as an international photographer, all of that kind of comes together with the sewing. I see it kind of as a culmination, ultimately, of my creative process. It's wonderful. And I love that phrase, the culmination of a creative process, because they do share the fact that they're in visual arts, right? That they're both something that you have to look at and see. But to make a photograph is kind of completely different than making a quilt. And I wonder, do you still photograph? Are you still interested in photography? Do you do that still as part of your sewing or quilting practice? Or are there other ways beyond picking up a camera that you tend to bring in some of those elements from your former work? Well, I love that the skills that I developed as a photojournalist play well into my overall purpose with sewing and quilting. 
That happened as a result of transitioning from the Los Angeles Times to an international publication where I traveled to many countries. And while at those countries, I began to see the plight of women. And I learned at many of those countries, if they learned how to sew, it would make a difference in their life, a significant difference. At the time, I was not sewing. I did a little bit of home decor, but then I realized, you know what? I think my next step in my creative journey is not just to quilt for myself, but to help women in another country, in another place, learn how to sew. So that's how my journey began, that transition from photography to quilting. And so I quickly started to learn how to sew, how to maintain sewing machines, everything that had to do with sewing. Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. And so how did you learn to maintain machines? I'm always worried that that's like a lost art. I always feel like every time I go to take my machine to the repair person or the repair man, it's almost, I've never taken my machine to a woman to fix. I've just never met a repair woman before. It's always repair man. And it's like, these guys are not going to live forever. What happens when the last, you know, right. 97-year-old sewing machine repair man is like, you know what, I'm tired of working and I would like to retire now. Did you take a training program or did you do a lot of self-study or a little of both? I did a little bit of both in the beginning, but when I was serious about transitioning from photography to sewing and specifically helping women, I noticed that when I was in these different countries that the resources that we have in the U.S. are just phenomenal. Many places don't have access to the resources. So I knew it was critical that when they had a machine, they would have to know how to maintain it, how to repair it, because that could stop them right in their tracks. So I took a multi-day course with a professional sewing machine repair person named Ray White. He had an extensive course about six hours from where I live. I traveled down there, spent two days learn how to dismantle not only a sewing machine, but even a serger and put it back together. Oh, my word. Wow. Yes. How was that feeling when you had to sit there and take that machine apart with the screwdriver or whatever magic wrench they use and you looked at it and you were like, oh, my goodness. What was that like when you looked around at what you had done with your own hands? You had taken apart this thing and now it was time to put it back together. I would feel incredibly confident after I had finished it. But beforehand, I would probably be terrified. How did you approach that situation? Well, I was terrified mostly of the serger than the sewing machine. I mean, I had practiced Mm. a little bit with the sewing machine, but the soldier, a lot of us get a little intimidated by that. But I knew that it was critical, critical to building confidence, just not only in myself, but to teach others how to do it so that they can have the confidence as well. Yes, yes. And I think that that's one of the great gifts I've learned about Geraldine, y'all. If you go to her site, and please do, go to her site and do yourself a favor, sign up for some classes. And if you know you're going to be at QuiltCon, look to see if there's any spots left in her classes because what she is offering looks incredible. She's got ruler classes, which is one of my favorites, but also terrifying. It's so funny, Jordan. I'm always teasing folks. They're like, oh, I'm too afraid to sew buttons or I'm too afraid to sew a zipper. I'm like, girl, why are you afraid of a zipper? I mean, you drive a car. A car is really way more dangerous than any sewing machine. (laughs) So don't trip. It's okay. But now when it comes to like, let's disassemble a sewing machine, I'm like, oh, no, no. I think that's where my fear goes. And I can tell you that I am a bit intimidated, though I have tried it and I do own rulers, by ruler quilting. It just seems like so risky, but 
I love the results. Paper piecing, foundation paper piecing is my favorite way to piece a quilt block. Those designs from the ruler, I think, really lend themselves well to paper piece quilts. The Sew Black Sew and Show closes the gap between apparel sewing and quilting fabric. We are focusing on the fabrics of black surface pattern designers, E. Bond, Jen Hewitt, Rashida Coleman-Hale, and Janine LaCour. So stay tuned for quilty fabric looks from your favorite sewing influencers, Veronica Cole, Terrence Williams, Nefertiti Griggs, Sierra Burrell, Nikki Griffin, and Julian Collins. Follow the hashtag SewBlackQC and we'll help you get your stitch together. We're on the road to QuiltCon, but we are not the only ones. Folks from the Black Women's Stitch community left us messages about how they are doing the road to QuiltCon. Here's what Benita Nance is looking forward to. Hey, Lisa, it's Benita Nance. Yes, I will be at QuiltCon, and yes, girl, I will find you and give you a shout-out, hello, and all my peeps that are going to be there, I'm going to tell them to come visit you, too. So can't wait to see you. Bye. Sarah Bond reached out to let us know that she happens to have room in the car for something amazing. I was getting ready for QuiltCon and I was making my lists for packing. And I realized that since I'm driving, I can bring along a few extra things. Now I know that Lisa Wolfork is going to be there. And she and I have been talking about the quilts that were made by my great-grandmother and my great-great-grandmother. And I thought, hey, I can bring some of these quilts and I can share them with Lisa. Of course, I love talking about all of these quilts and about my foremothers and about everything that came before. But talking about it with Lisa, with the actual quilts in hand, was too tempting to resist. And Geraldine has some tough decisions to make before she boards her flight to Atlanta. Hey, Lisa, it's your girl, Geraldine Wilkins, the Living Order Quilter. I am almost ready, ready to board the plane to QuiltCon. I'm in pre-pack mode. I need to assemble all the things I think I need to bring. And then I realize, girl, you can't fit all this in the suitcase. And so I have to leave some things behind. Really, who needs five pairs of shoes for a four-day quilt show? I'm just saying, maybe you can relate, but I know there are a few things that must get in that suitcase. And one is the beautiful sister quilt. She will be on display in booth 1517. That's right. It's the only quilt that I will have on display at QuiltCon. So I hope to see a lot of ladies at booth 1517. Now you're wondering, how did she know the booth number? It's through the QuiltCon app. If you haven't downloaded the app, you must download the app. That's a way to connect with other quilters and know what is going on at the quilt show hour by hour. And what else is going in the suitcase? A special jacket. I have this special jacket that a designer is making for me. And I can't wait to share it and show it and wear it. That's going in the suitcase. And of course, all my quilting supplies. I'm teaching six classes. Ruler quilting on a sit-down long arm. I can't wait to share some tips and techniques 
for designing modern quilt designs for our quilts. I look forward to meeting with all my quilting besties at QuiltCon. So do you have any good tips for kind of first timers who are like maybe perhaps made nervous by working with a ruler or being afraid that my fear is that the needle is going to break, which I don't know why I think that's the worst thing in the world. I've broken a ton of needles in my life. But how do you guide students who might be a little overwhelmed, if not intimidated, by the ruler quilting process? Well, the first thing I let students know is that I understand I have been where they are. No matter what stage it is, I was afraid of free motion quilting. And when I mentioned it, when I was learning, many quilters would say, oh, don't even try. They discouraged me from even trying. And I thought, well, why would they discourage me? That made me realize how afraid so many quilters have been of free motion quilting and ruler quilting. I determined to figure out what would make it work. And that's what I share in my classes. Education through thread and needles and the machine. If you learn those three, your confidence will increase. Many quilters think it's them that's the problem. It's not. It's let's learn about thread. Let's learn about needles. Because frankly, the sewing machine manufacturers, they love us. They want us to succeed. Yes. And they give us a good start, but often we don't take advantage of those sewing machine manuals or to learn. (laughs) (laughs) We don't open the book and figure out how to use the machine. That's my first encouragement is to do that. What a gentle teacher. Did you all see how perfectly and how diplomatically she laid that out? She said, many of us do not take advantage of our manuals. Another person might have said, people don't read and that's why y'all don't know nothing. But no, (laughs) Geraldine said, I invite everyone to enjoy their men. I mean, like, I'm actually interested in reading mine now because I feel like that was such a kind and generous invitation. Like, well, maybe there is some good stuff in there in that book I put up on the shelf as soon as I opened the box of the sewing machine. We have what we need to succeed. Is that what you're telling us? We have what we need to succeed. Yes. You know, when I was a young photographer at the LA Times, I started as an intern and one of the experienced photographers said, you need to learn the camera like the back of your hand that you don't even think about how to use the camera. If you're at the event trying to figure out how to use the camera, you're going to miss all the great photos. Wow. So just like with the sewing machine, the more we know about our machine, how it works, what it can do, what it can't do, the more we will succeed. That's the first step. What I really appreciate is I see a great connection between how you are empowering people to access and use the machines they already know and have and how you were empowering women in the many countries that you visited to sustain themselves and empower themselves through having a sewing machine. Like I remember this initiative, I think the name of the company is called Heifer International and they raise, I think sometimes goats, sometimes cows, but essentially you can contribute money to buy a cow for someone in some part of the world where having a cow like is the difference between abject poverty and being able to live reasonably well. And it's like, I will absolutely have $50 to get somebody half a cow or a quarter of a whatever, it, however much it costs. And like you're doing that with the sewing machine. And I think that it's just so wonderful because it makes me feel as though sewing machines and sewing sometimes gets thought of very much only in the context of labor 
and sometimes not even the best types of labor. You think about sweatshops. Many of those are sewing machine factories and that there are parts of the world where it is deeply exploitative the way that sewing machines are weaponized, you know, like folks in Haiti sewing underwear for 50 cents a day and then the U.S. blocking that to say, no, 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 you can't get 65 cents a day. Don't be greedy. So I have a very romanticized and empowered view of sewing because that's what it's done for me. But I'm also aware that around the world, that is not the case. But you have made some shifts to do just that, to say, let's put these not in the hands of a factory owner, but in the hands of a girl, in the hands of a woman, in the hands of a new mother. And we can change the trajectory. You can radically improve the trajectory of her life, of her own hands, right? That she is going to do these things. So it's not like a type of a mission project where you have to constantly give and give and someone's always in the position of just only receiving. They get to give as well. And I think that's just so beautiful, Geraldine. It's so wise. That's really wonderful. Listen, I just want to just make a note, everybody. This is going to be our first episode with Geraldine Wilkins, because my hope is that after today's conversation, she would be willing to come back and talk with us again, because there's so much that I want to discuss with her. And I know y'all don't want to hear a three hour and 72 minute episode. Like it doesn't need to be a Marvel movie, which is what I think it actually deserves. But fine, I've been advised not to make two hour episodes. So I'm keeping my eye on the time. But I do hope we get to come back to Geraldine's YouTube channel, where she is a professional YouTuber and so great at it. And her setup is so wonderful. And I would love for her to walk us through it if we can get there. But I want to turn now to Geraldine's QuiltCon. Y'all, QuiltCon is a four-day event. It starts on Thursday. It goes all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday and a half day on Sunday. I think the last class or lecture might be either noon or two, and then the show itself closes at four. When I tell you that our friend Geraldine is occupied for those days, I am not kidding. I want you to look here at this lovely image. On Thursday, we have Geraldine teaching power curves, one ruler, many designs. And then later on in the evening, she's teaching diamond facets, ruler work that sparkles. Can you tell us what unites these two classes? What unites power curves and diamond facets? They seem so different, right? A curve being kind of round and bendy and then a diamond facet, I'm guessing being like, you know, shaped like a diamond or a parallelogram or something. What's the story with these two classes? Well, the commonality with the classes has to do that I'm using one ruler per class. I've learned over the years that if you make it too complicated, ladies shut down and I want to simplify it. And the other component is that often we purchase something and we don't know what quite to do with it. We don't know how to maximize its use. So I love to take one ruler and show them how much they can do with it. It helps to expand the design possibilities. And then once they experience that with one ruler, they can start looking at what they already have or when they're ready to invest in more, they know that I'm not just going to get one design from this ruler. I'm going to get many designs. And so part of it is not just learning specific designs for power curves, which is a serpentine ruler, okay, or the ruler for the diamond facets, which makes diamonds and squares and other shapes based on that shape. 
you can make so many designs based on the things that you love. If you love to make quilt blocks and central designs, if you like to quilt in negative space, I show you how to make patterns, modern patterns, based on using those different rulers so that you can fill what you want. Borders, sashing, negative space, everything. That is incredible. And y'all, that's just day one, okay? So that's our day one. And again, this is all kicking off this week. And when I tell y'all, I am so doggone excited. It's my first quilt con. I've signed up for quite a few classes, but the Stitch Please podcast will be there interviewing people as part of the affinity space. And so I'm also working. I'm also working. I keep telling myself I am also working. (laughs) So I cannot take as many classes as I would like because I am working. But I also like to have fun, which is the important part. I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so great. But I think I have an interview set up at that time. So I am also sad. Happy Black History Month. You know that Black Women Stitch is going to be at QuiltCon and we have a space called So Black. But even if you're not coming to QuiltCon, and seriously, why are you not coming to QuiltCon? I think it's going to be really fun. But if you're not coming to QuiltCon, you can still participate in Sew Black right from home. We are having a sew and show designed to amplify and elevate black surface pattern designers who have created quilting fabrics. So in partnership with some folks in the Black Women's Stitch community, we will be bringing you amazing garments and projects from fabrics by E. Bond from Free Spirit Fabrics, Jen Hewitt and Rashida Coleman-Hale from Ruby Star Society, and Nefertiti Griggs and Janine LaCour from Spoonflower. You can participate in Sew Black by buying their fabrics and making garments from them. And in partnership with Bernina, you could be entered to win a Burnett 33 when you use the hashtag SewBlackQC. SewBlackQC is also a discount code, giving you 20% off at Spoonflower and 10% off at Crimson Tape. We look forward to seeing the way you sew black. And then Friday, you've got connect the dots, connect the dots, ruler work with dashes and dots. What does that mean? What is ruler work with dashes and dots? That's another specific ruler that is a straight line in a circle. And I show you how to take straight lines and circles to create dynamic edge to edge designs, border designs, negative space designs block-based designs, like one example is how I show you how to use that to make a flower. Or I show you how to make um, what I call inchworm. Amazing designs. It's going to be fun. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. It's like you open up a box and another presence inside. Every class has another really great offering. That's really wonderful, wonderful. And then the hex knot. Now this sounds a little bit more advanced because it says it's intermediate ruler quilting. So how do you know when someone has crossed the boundary between from the very beginning to being ready for the hex ruler, which is more intermediate? What other skills get called upon when you're doing something at the intermediate level rather than than the starter. 
Well, the intermediate level involves some of the techniques that I teach in terms of ruler quilting. I like to teach what I call in multiple steps. I call them passes. So there's a design that requires four different passes before the design is complete. So there has to be some accuracy in the stitching and the placement of the ruler in order for the full design to be revealed. So that's part of the complexity. Yes. So you have to be someone who knows where to put the ruler, how to keep it there, how to do it in such a way. And also you can't be nervous, I suppose. This is not for the nervous. The nervous get to take 101. I'll let you sit next to me. I'm in the nervous section. Um, I think that's so delightful. You kindly shared with us a really beautiful image of your quilts. I love this piece. And I remember seeing it when you shared it on Instagram. Can you tell us the story of this piece? It features the things, one of the things you're so great at. It features your free motion designs. We can see that the way that you have set each one of those images, it looks like with the a kind of a textured base that you've created with free motion, but it also looks like some photography skills might be involved here as well. It's a really beautiful image. Can you tell us about it? Yes, I'm really excited about this project. It's called the Beautiful Sister Quilt Block. And then I've also designed a Beautiful Sister Quilt using the block design. The block is 15 inches square, the one on the right or left, depending upon how you're looking at it, with the multiple colors. So I wanted to create something using this silhouette, and you're correct. It was a photograph that I turned into a silhouette, then had it printed on fabric, and then I created this block design, and then ultimately the quilt design. And the idea was that I have a sister, she's beautiful. And sometimes my beautiful sister isn't not necessarily someone who is my blood relation. She is someone Mm. that is a part of my life and I see her as part of my family. I think we all have these sisters in our life that are important to helping us develop and mature in different areas of our life, whether it's education, whether it's sewing or quilting, whether it's nurturing you in your family life. We have women who we call sisters because they're that close to us. Yes. And it's one of those examples of how there's lots of ways to build a family, right? That you have the family that you were born into, but then you also have family of choice. And that's when you can find sisters that become available to you if you are fortunate and are able to develop kind of good relationships. And I think that everybody would appreciate, and those of us who have them definitely appreciate those friends, those friends of the heart. Exactly. Another important part of it is the Afro. Mm, I love it. I did that specifically to point out my sisters of color, my Black sisters, my African-American sisters, that I see you and you're not invisible. I see you. That's right. And it's so valuable. And I was speaking out on this same point a few weeks ago. It seems like there are not enough in my mind of forward-facing Black women-affirming projects that just say, hi, I see you, or even Black folks more generally. doesn't have to be women. It could be women, men, non-binary, trans, queer folks. There's just not enough, hey, here we are. And that's one of the reasons that Black Women's Stitch is bringing So Black to the MQG as an affinity space. And we're really excited about that because I think it's just going to be a really super fun time. I was also wondering about your YouTube channel because I think, you have collected a variety of skills 
over at least two careers, the photojournalism career and now your career as a sewing, quilting, teacher, designer, pattern maker, etc. I've just recently started to do video. This is one of the first handfuls of direct video using this platform. And I took a training class. I took another training class. I bought lights. I have more lights. And then I got the other lights that are supposed to go with these lights. And then my sister will say, oh my gosh, you look so washed out and you're video. Why? Were you sick? And it's like, no, I just can't get the light right. Like, it's so challenging. You, however, look glorious. Your channel is amazing. And I wondered if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what we have in this photo here. And again, y'all, y'all should join the Patreon. If you join the Black Women's Stitch Patreon, you get to see these really amazing videos. And I'm not just saying there are videos here and there's nothing here. It's really, really videos here. But I love this so much. Can you talk a bit about your setup and how you arrived at this place? Did you start with everything that you needed because you already had the knowledge and experience of how photography works so it was a bit easier for you? Or did you build as you grew? Well, it's a little bit of both. I had some gear, but I didn't know if it would work for live streaming. I knew I needed to create a space once the pandemic hit. Everyone was working from home and Mm -hmm. I have a small space. And so I had to figure out what was going to work in my sewing space. You can see my sewing machine there in the photo in the back there behind my teleprompter and the two lights. I knew I had to get them on the wall, off the floor because I didn't have a lot of space. I wanted to create a no excuses space where I could record video, where I can go on Zoom calls, where I can teach virtually, where I can record YouTube videos and courses. And so by having this as a permanent setup, all I have to do is come in, turn the lights on, turn on the camera and I am ready to go. Everything is all ready and I can still sew and quilt in this space at the same time. Now, I'm looking at your equipment and I know that you do Amazon live videos. Did you purchase some of your materials from Amazon? Yes, I did purchase a majority of the equipment you see here in the photo between the monitor, the computer, a stream deck, the overhead phone even. I got a repurposed, refurbished cell phone to use as my overhead camera. So yes, Amazon. And I share the studio if anyone wants to see what it looks like, what I'm using, they can get a close-up view in a studio tour if they want. And does the studio tour include links to your Amazon store? Yes, it does. It has everything that you need. Everything that I have in this photo that you see is available in a separate curated list. Because technically, yes, my photography career has helped me, I think, accelerate my ability to create this studio. The studio has happened. Over the last year, I'm always refining it, but I know that I have a little bit of an advantage, but I want to share those tips so people don't have to spend weeks and months trying to figure it out. So I wanted to create that. You're very generous and humble to say that you have a little bit of an advantage. I would say you have a massive advantage because you have amassed a really great career before you even started doing this. I would like to ask you, what do you have coming up after QuiltCon is done? All right. So here it is. We're at Wednesday now. You have gone 
through the week. You've had a very successful quilt con. And I guess I could ask, what does a successful quilt con look like for you? And then what are you going to be doing afterward? Well, a successful quilt con for me is that the students not only enjoyed the class, but they feel empowered to now go home and use the skills that they've learned in the class. That would be a big win for me because that's always my goal is that you don't come to a class just to have fun and maybe make something, but you're not bringing any skills with you. I always want ladies to bring skills with them home so they can continue to create and love quilting as a result. I'm just really excited about this opportunity to spend time with women. I'm absolutely looking forward to it as well. I think it is going to be a very fun time. I will ask you the last question that we usually ask folks for this podcast, and it is this. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. What advice would you, Geraldine Wilkins, offer our listeners today to help them get their stitch together? My advice is to get started. If you are ready to learn free motion quilting, get started. If you want to learn ruler quilting, get started. If you want to live stream, but you need help with getting your studio set up, get started. Time goes by. Tomorrow never comes in the sense. You know what I mean? You're always saying tomorrow, tomorrow, and it never comes. Get started. And if you need help, just reach out to me. That's why I'm here. I would love for people to reach out to me if they need help in any of those areas. Thank you so much. And thank you for saying that on camera because I'm absolutely going to be reaching back to you to ask about the teleprompter because I was like, oh my gosh, <gasps> what? So I will absolutely be back. And the second camera idea, what? That Yes, all the helps, all the helps. Geraldine Wilkins, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing all that you have. And again, not even all. Thank you for sharing a small part of your story and that which you do. And I look forward to meeting you at QuiltCon this week. Yes, I look forward to it as well. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.